0: Very good. What's up? What's up? I feel like everybody's a little further back tonight. It's strange. Also, I feel like there's more turkey on the ground than usual. No? (laughs) I've heard a couple chuckles. Thank you. That's because we threw turkey all over the place earlier. Y'all were here. You were here for that. You were here for that. All right, well, welcome to uh, United Worship. Um, My name is Pastor Johnny. I'm one of the pastors here at First Methodist Mansfield. uh, And I am just pumped to be in worship uh, with you tonight. There's something about Wednesday nights I just love. um, Having a room full of students uh, and adults that come from, uh, you know, different backgrounds, different schools, different interests, different ages, um, but all unified, Right, unified under this, uh, this search, right? The search for God, the search for meaning, and that means what that means is that everybody in this room doesn't have to be on the same level, right? Uh, There's some people in here that have been a Christian their entire life, some people that are not Christian at all, that don't really get this whole God thing yet. They're here. You you ended up here anyways, and that's okay, right? We we have this whole spectrum, but we're all on this pursuit for something. We're in this pursuit to find out what it's all about and a pursuit uh, to figure out if this God thing is real and and, and what it's all about and what it all means, right? So I I love seeing that. Wednesday nights are just the best for me. Um, So here's what's going to happen. If you've never been here before, it's been a long time. I'm just going to preach for a little bit, um, and then we're going to have a chance to break out into groups. Where you'll go and uh, you'll have a a little group, a breakout group. We'll list those on the screen so you'll know exactly where you're going in just a little bit. Uh, And an opportunity for anything that I say tonight that might confuse you or bring up some questions. um, Write that down on the little thing that you got there Uh, in the notes section. You can write that down there. Also, uh, your group leaders will have a a set of questions to help you kind of dive a little deeper into the content that we have. That's the whole point. Because people like me can get up here and yak and yak and yak all day. But until you get into a small group of people and are able to kind of dialogue about some of this stuff, it really can just end up in your head and just be head knowledge. You really got to work it out with people. So that's what we'll do uh, a little bit later. And also, Amanda mentioned earlier, if this is your very first time, uh, Blake um, is around and you need to see him because he's got a, a little special prize for you. So, tonight, tonight... It's going to be an interesting night. Now, I've told you before, if you've been here before, I told you one of the things that I'm really passionate about doing here is not, I I love talking about Jesus, right? Star Wars too. Uh, (laughs) But I love, I love talking about Jesus. I love talking about God. And I think sometimes we in the church um, tend to keep it right on that level, just the fluffy, flowery. But you know, just we love God and God loves, and you know it's all it's all good, and that's all very true and that's my favorite part about Christianity is that we we serve a loving god right but but if if that's all we do, if that's all we ever talk about and we don't really talk about stuff that can be really confusing or or stuff that can be um, um, that doesn't quite make sense or that you have questions about. If we never really approach that stuff, what happens when you graduate and you go off and you know these questions start arising and you've not really had time to think about them? Uh, that's a problem. So we like to bring that stuff up here uh, in an environment where we can safely dialogue about that. We can talk about some crazy things that we just kind of often in the church will just pass off as true, but we never really talk about it, all right? Um, so tonight, it's gonna be a real interesting topic. We're gonna be talking about Beelzebub. Everybody's like, what? Okay, okay, okay. If you don't know Beelzebub, uh, you might know Beelzebul. No? What about um, the serpent? Or the dragon? Mm. What about the adversary or the tempter or the thief? Maybe maybe you know this person by the name Lucifer. Oh, No? Still confused? Who knows? Who knows the name Satan? Satan? If you rearrange the letters for Santa, it's Satan. I don't know if y'all used to watch Saturday Night Live back in the day, but... (laughs) If you're still confused tonight, (laughs) if you're still confused tonight, we're talking about the devil, right? Woo! We're talking about the devil tonight, and and <laughs> that seems weird to say from like a preacher standpoint. Tonight, talking about the devil. <laughs> Enough God and Jesus talk. Let's talk about the devil. Um, we're going to talk about the devil tonight uh, for a multitude of reasons, um, but it is something that comes up uh, not just in the Christian faith, but you know, as part of the Christian faith. This this idea of this counterpart this opposite of god the devil satan lucifer the tempter like there's these images are creeping over as soon as i say devil you have these images that crop up in your mind right of what that looks like and it's not your little little brother or sister um but you have this picture probably like he's in a red suit with like horns and a tail and a pitchfork right but you know we have we have all these pictures of what satan could look like if you if you like the 80s movie uh is it legend with uh tim curry where he was the devil with his huge horns um, anyways, that's beyond y'all. Uh, so we're talking about the devil. Here's why. Here's why we're talking about the devil. Our free will, our free will. Um, we, we believe in the Methodist church. We believe that we have free will. Um, that means we get to choose, uh, to love God or not. Uh, we, we can choose good or evil. Our free will opens up the possibility because you have free will. There's the possibility of both good and evil. Our free will opens up the possibility of both joy and sorrow. We all within us as humans have the capacity to do great, good things. We also have the capacity to do very destructive, bad things, evil things, right? And often the easiest way to know and to work for good is to understand, to understand, um, the contrast, right? We look at what is evil, and then we do the opposite of that, so we can see what is bad. What is, you know, we see that's bad. We don't want to be that. We that should not be the way it is. So we're going to do the opposite of that. We're going to do something good instead of that. Sometimes we can look at it in con, in contrast, and we can see maybe some of the evil that has been um, allowed to infiltrate uh, God's creation. Right? And you can you can open up a newspaper or turn on the news, and and you can hear atrocities that happen not just in our country, but all over the world, where people are doing hateful, hurtful things. Um, and, and, and we as, we as Christians are, are striving for the good, right? So we see that evil and we want to do good. And since the dawn of time, since the dawn of time, since humans have been around and been doing bad things, um, people have told stories. People have told stories that have personified evil, that have given evil and bad things a face and a name, and sometimes they call that Satan, sometimes they call it the devil in Genesis, that personification of of evil and temptation comes from a sly little serpent that sneaks in there and, and whispers into eve 's ear right and and what it what that serpent seeks to do is to disrupt to disrupt the intimacy and the faith that Adam and Eve shared with God that got in between. Um, Adam and Eve and God. Today, today, in today's world, I I go to seminary, so I sit in a classroom for hours on end, listening to people that look like Gandalf talk, and we go round and round and round about all these ideas about Christianity and God and Jesus and what it all means, and we talk back and forth, and today, even today, um, amongst professors that are as old as dirt, uh, that have spent their entire lives studying this stuff, will disagree on how on how the devil works, some believe that the devil is an actual being, a, a real entity that exists um, that is sort of the opposite of God, that comes and seeks to destroy and to tempt and and to be a real part and a real disruptor of your life. Others believe that the devil is simply a metaphor it 's simply uh, a personification of evil. We, we can comprehend of bad, evil things happening, um, and so we just kind of give it a name, the devil, right? We kind of put this figure that's kind of in charge of it, uh, but it's more or less a metaphor. Today, people are still divided over this issue. Um, there's not really a settlement on that, but we can all agree, no matter where you fall on that line, we can all agree that evil does exist, which is why we have to talk about this. So. Throughout the Bible, we can find in our scriptures, if you're, if you're looking through the Bible, through the stories in the Bible, through the scriptures in the Bible, you can find things that we often call the devil that are attributed to the devil. A lot of the ideas that you have about the devil, there's parts of those that come from um, stories in the scripture. Uh, we just talked about one, the Garden of Eden, right? The, the serpent, the snake. Uh, the book of Job. If you've ever read the book of Job, um, it's this epic tale of God and the devil. And uh, the devil is allowed to kind of uh, wreak havoc in Job's life. Uh, And even though Job's whole life is wrecked, um, he still has faith in God and God rescues him in the end. Uh, When we get to the New Testament, you can read about Jesus who goes into the wilderness and is tempted in the wilderness by the devil right? The devil keeps telling Jesus, you can have all this stuff, all these riches, all this fame, all this glory. If all you got to do is bow down and worship me and not God in heaven. And Jesus refuses to do all of that. There's also a story where Jesus casts demons, uh, a legion of demons um, out of this crazy guy out in the woods and throws them into pigs and they kind of jump off this cliff. And you can read in the book of Revelation which confuses everybody in the world, uh, but there's like this dragon serpent beast thing that like, comes out, and they call it the Antichrist, right? And so there, there's all these different um, stories and depictions, and what we end up doing is kind of lumping them all into one thing, and we call it the devil, right? When, in fact, a lot of the times in the Bible, it's maybe a, a, a little bit of a misattribution, right? It's a, a misinterpretation. There's, there's no part in the story of Genesis that actually says the snake is the devil. It's just a serpent, but we, because we know of the devil and we've read other parts in the devil, we assume that that's what that is. In some cases, it's not, um, it's not a mistranslation at all. It's literally in the book of Job. They literally mean the devil, the Satan, the tempter, the adversary. That's who they're talking about. And, and, and sometimes all these things get lumped together. But, but the important thing to know is whether you think it's literal, whether you think it's metaphorical, um, really isn't all that important. Because we ask ourselves this question, is the devil real? Whether you think it's literal or metaphorical, is the devil real? And the answer to that question is yes. Yes. The devil is real. Whether you believe in a literal being called the devil or you believe that the devil is a metaphor, the devil is real. And the reasons for talking about the devil are real and important as well. There's a real spiritual battle that rages inside each and every one of us that pulls us one way or another. Sometimes um, our, our spirit is led toward God. We, we feel it. We'll just say we're, you know, we're in the spirit. We're feeling God. We're coming to church a lot, and we're singing songs, and I just feel good. and I'm, It seems like me and God are on the same page, and we're real close. And then there's other times where I feel like I'm being pulled away from God, and both of those, both of those things exist inside of me. There's certain times in my life where my life gets hard. There's trying things, and, and, and I wonder about God. We talked last week about being angry with God, and if that was okay. And sometimes I am. Sometimes I get angry with God because I don't know how to explain something that's going on in my life. And I get angry, and God's the only one I can look at to say, what the heck is going on in my life? There's a spiritual warfare that happens inside of me, and it is a very real thing. Sometimes I'm drawn toward God. Sometimes I'm pulled away from God. And that's very very real, which is why it's important that we talk about this. Ephesians, it's in the New Testament. It's a, it's a letter written by a guy named Paul to a, a church in Ephesus. At the very end of that letter, he writes this big, long letter. And at the very end of it, this is kind of how he leaves the letter off. It's how he wraps everything up that he has been talking about. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 12, he says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of God's power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand... "...against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh." Which is basically just mean tangible enemies. "...our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places." The devil, when you read through scriptures, again, whether literal or metaphorical, when you read all those stories that we attribute to the devil, they all have the same characteristic. They all have the same characteristic. The devil challenges your faith and suggests sin. The devil challenges your faith by suggesting sin. If you haven't found out already, there are blanks on those pages. If you want to fill those in, I'll help you remember some of this stuff. The devil challenges your faith by suggesting sin. Now... By giving that statement, that means I have to do some explaining here first about what faith and sin are. Uh, Faith and sin. I feel like these things are the polar opposites, right? Faith faith is a drawing near to God. When we step out in faith, faith doesn't mean we're all at the same level. But a faith, when I have faith, that means I'm moving toward God. I'm moving toward God. Faith is a drawing nearer to God, but sin is a separation. Sin is... Is a, is, a, is a drawing away from God. It is a pulling away from God. We, we tend to hear the word sin, and we tend to think of very specific actions. And really, that's not the definition of the sin. definition of sin is to be separated from God. So if faith is to be drawing near to God, sin is to be separating from God. And that is the main task, aim, uh, goal of the devil, is to draw you away from God to lessen your faith and suggest that you separate yourself from God, that you don't trust God anymore, that you draw away. This can look in in two different ways, if we're going to generalize. One, it could be temptation. We see the story of Jesus and the devil, and the devil is tempting Jesus. This is what happens if you want to attribute the serpent or the snake in the garden to the devil. This is what happens to them. It, It comes and whispers in Adam and Eve's ear, and it says, Look, God's holding out on you. You can't trust God. Trust me instead. You should go eat this thing that God said no because he's just holding out on you. God's just holding out on you. Go do this thing. It's a temptation to draw you away from that which you know you're called to do. Temptation. And typically what that temptation is like is it's very self-serving. It's a very selfish, self-serving thing. It turns you from God and turns you inward toward yourself. Right. The other thing it can look like is doubt. It can cause you to doubt not only the existence of God, but even the faithfulness of God. You may still believe God exists, but you might believe that you can't trust God or God is not faithful. It might cause you to doubt. That's what the tempter can do. It turns you away from God above to basically nothing. So what? What? So so what's why is this important? Okay, great, Johnny. We 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 want to have faith and we don't want to have sin and, and we don't like the devil, right? God good, devil bad. We got it. What's the important part? People may be divided on whether Satan is an actual being or symbolic personification, but we can all agree that the evil does exist. The good news here's the good news is that Jesus conquered evil through the cross. Jesus conquered that evil. And Christians, if you're here tonight, and you you would self-identify as a Christian. If I were to ask you, Christian, yes or no? And you would say, yes. Yes. Christians, this is you, are called to live into a new reality. In which the powers of sin, the powers of that temptation, the powers of doubt, the powers of the devil... The powers of sin, the powers of death, and the powers of the devil have all been conquered by the radical love and grace of God through the acts of the person of Jesus. That's your word for tonight. If you want to know what the gospel is, that's the gospel. That as Christians, we are called to live in a radically new reality. A reality that says that that radical love and grace of God through Jesus Conquers all that stuff, and that's something something that we can hold on to. What that means is, is our battle with the devil is not passive. The devil does not exist so that we could blame the devil for bad things that happen. I I didn't do it; The the devil made me do it. Right? The devil doesn't exist to have something to blame for the bad in the world or the evil that exists in our life. So, don't waste your time. It's no good. To blame the devil. Instead, we must resist the devil. Resisting is active, blaming is passive. Blaming means it's not my fault. I can't do anything about it. I'm going to place all the responsibility and blame over here, and I'm just going to sit over here and boo hoo about it. Instead, you must resist the devil. This is what that looks like. If you read on in that chapter of Ephesians, when Paul keeps going, um, he says this, therefore, take up, remember he talked about that, that we're, we're fighting this battle, it's a spiritual battle of cosmic powers, of, of, of evil. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you may, may be able to stand firm. And I'm going to paraphrase the last of this um, for you, but I suggest that you um, go in, and read it yourself and, and, and kind of let this kind of soak in about this is how we take up arms and resist the devil. And if you, if you missed what this is, it's Ephesians chapter 6. This part is uh, verse 13 through 19. Stand therefore and fasten the belt of truth around your waist. Paul's saying these things to people that have seen Roman soldiers. They know what armor looks like. Right? So they're picturing these things as, as Paul talks about them. The belt of truth. The belt of truth around your waist. And put on the breastplate of righteousness. What does a breastplate do? It guards your heart. Very good. Breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. Peace. It means I'm walking in peace each and every day. I know I as a human have a tendency for drama. I have a tendency to stir up crap in people's lives and in my lives. But I'm choosing when I put on the armor of God to walk in. In peace, to walk in peace. Take the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Paul says, these, these, this evil that exists, this this temptation to, to separate ourselves from God, there's a real struggle and a spiritual battle that happens within each and every one, one of us. Part of us that wants to be near God, that is drawn near God, and part of us that wants to separate ourselves from God, that wants to be drawn away from God, that doubts, that's tempted easily. There's a real battle that happens within each and every one of us. And what Paul is saying is that when we wake up every day, we put on this armor. That we know the truth, that that we walk righteous and we guard our hearts, that we seek peace, that we guard ourselves, we defend ourselves with our faith, that we know where where our salvation comes from, and that our fighting, our battle, our weapon of choice comes from the Word of God, which if you read the book of John, it says, that's what Jesus is, is the Word of God. That's what we do each and every day, to resist the devil, and, and to resist the temptation to simply blame, blame the devil for all the evil in the world. We take action. We become a participant in that. I'm going to pray for us, and then somebody's going to come up and, and uh, help you get dismissed to your groups, where you have an opportunity to talk about this a little bit, a little bit more, dive a little bit deeper into what this actually means for you, in your life, in your situation. Okay? Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be here, to sing praises to your name, uh, to play silly games, God, and to hear the truth of your word. We just pray, God, tonight as we, as we wrestle with this idea of evil. And, um, you know, God, whether, it, whether, whether it's a devil that is actually uh, a real being, God, or, or um, a metaphor, we're not sure. We have human brains, God. We're trying our best. But we know that evil exists. And we just pray that, God, instead of remaining passive, that as Christians, we become active in bringing about that new reality. That, that bringing that love and grace, God, that, that you gave so generously and so radically. We want to play a part in that. By putting on the whole armor. God, we thank you. Give us the courage to, to fight the good fight. to Be participants in the bringing of your kingdom. In your name we pray. Amen.